The Detroit Free Press presents Talkin' Lions, your audio home for all things Honolulu blue and silver. Here is your host from the Detroit Free Press, Dave Burkett. Hey, Burkett here, along with Carlos Menares on a busy Saturday in Detroit. The Lions fired uh, not only head coach Matt Patricia, but general manager Bob Quinn today, Carlos. Daryl Bevel is the interim head coach. Uh, the Lions will keep the responsibilities in their front office without essentially having a GM and get started on a head coaching search right away. So said Sheila Ford-Hamp. Uh, let's let's dive right into this. I mean, look, I uh, I know we've we've talked a lot, we've we've kidded each other a lot about this, but um, this was the right move at the time. I mean, it just the the state of this franchise uh, of, of after where things have gone the last three years, there was no other choice for the lions than to really to clean house. I mean, uh, we were talking a little bit before we started taping and my understanding at least is that why they waited a day essentially was they were trying to decide what to do with Bob Quinn, whether he should go as well. And uh, you know, look, as I said, um, you know, a lot of, uh, and as Sheila Ford said, you know, there was a lot of hope and expectation when, when these two united, you know, sort of bringing their, their New England championship background together and it just hadn't materialized in Detroit. And that's, this is where we are now. Yeah, uh, two things. One, it was a really good idea to do it before this at midway of the season because this is the kind of forward thinking that fired Mooch and got you Rod Marinelli, you know, fired uh, Mayhew and got you Bob Quinn. So, you know, it is smart. This is exactly that gives you such an advantage to do it with five weeks left. Um, really good move. And then you, the guy in place is the guy who scored, who's led the offense to three touchdowns in nine quarters. So this team is now in good hands, Dave. When you're watching those 52 to 13 games, I hope Sheila remembers that a little bit of, you know, Daryl Bevel is not a Matt Patricia guy. Let's get that out of the way first, right? Like he was, he was. He's, he has no New England ties, and certainly there's going to be some changes now under his regime. I don't know how much he's going to be able to change, right? You still got the same players. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Uh, it, you know, the, the mid-season firing, I, I wrote this, you know, two months ago of Martin Mayhew and, uh, you know, Tom Lamont. That, that was the first domino that led us to where we are now because then they went out and they had this, you know, fake GM search basically with Ernie Acorsi, you know, interviewing a couple of his buddies or a couple of his buddies, you know, uh, friends, his, one of his guys from New York and one of his buddy, Bill Belichick's friends and, you know, Sheldon White, who wasn't going to get the job. Uh, and then they, you know, Martha Ford had no concept of the dominoes that were going to fall when she did that and how that endangered, you know, Jim Caldwell's livelihood as coach, right? That a, a new GM wasn't going to keep him. So you're 100% right that a midseason firing led us to where we are now, but this is different in that they cleaned house. They cleaned complete house. This is, uh, what comes next is a complete unknown. There's going to be a new GM, a new coach, maybe a new quarterback. I mean, there's a, there's a whole lot new that's going to be you know, a new way of life in Allen Park, probably. Well, the one, you know, the one question, unfortunately, we we're kind of limited in how many questions we were able to ask Sheila, but the one question that wasn't asked was, um, uh, which I'm sure she would have said yes, but how much of a candidate is Daryl Bevel? Because we did ask him a few weeks ago if he was interested in being a coach, and he said yes. Uh, but specifically, is he actually in the running to be a coach? Um, so five games, I don't know. If he goes 5-0, and oh, if he goes 4-1, and one, maybe Daryl Bevel's the next head coach of the Lions. You know, um, doubtful that that would happen, but it could happen. Um, but let me ask you this. What, <clears throat> so the, if the question was whether to fire Quinn, was it the right choice to, to tie them, keep him tied at the hip and fire him as well as Patricia? 
No, I think so. Let me let me tell all the viewers out there a little bit of a story. All right, this is sort of the you know how the sausage is made. You know, I guess in in the it's, it's story time. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, so you know, I you know, I think myself and a lot of writers had a, a pre-planned you know Matt Patricia gets fired story. I mean, the writing was on the wall, right? It was obvious, and uh, it was something that I wrote for the first time last December. You know, and then you come back and you clean it up and you work on it a little bit, and you know, it, again, it was pretty obvious this was going to happen. Um, two days ago, I recast that lead to use a journalism term with, uh, you know, a, a whole Quintricia is fired. Both of them were fired. You know, originally I just had a Matt Patricia lead that he was fired. Um, and then, you know, um, you know, yesterday sort of seemed like the quiet before the storm. And then word kind of started leaking out this morning that, Hey, this, this might happen. But before I got word that that might happen, spent a, spent a couple hours down in Allen park stakeout duty. Um, I actually wrote a story that will never see the light of day. I mean, one of these days I'm going to publish a book with all like the un, unpublished stories, I guess. But um, it was about Bob Quinn and whether Bob Quinn should return as general manager in the case, because that was the one thing that the Fords were still deciding. And I looked at his and Carlos, you can go in and read in our system. No one else will be able to. But, um, you know, I looked at his draft record and I looked at his free agent record and I looked at, you know, everything that sort of went into it. And I think Bob did some good things as a GM. I mean, you look at some of the first round picks, Taylor Decker, Frank Ragnow, clearly the right choices, you know, at their time. Um, there were some bad ones, Jared Davis, uh, you know, the Jeff Okuda, certainly I, I think the Lions should have taken. Tabor. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I pointed all that out. You can go in and look. Um, but, you know, ultimately what I came down to was that there was, there was a lot of good, there was a lot of bad, but the one thing that there was no dispute about was his role in the hire of Matt Patricia. Like this was his buddy from new England, right? He vouched for him. They got him over the giants. The reason why they got him over the giants was because he was friends with Bob Quinn. So Bob maybe should have had the foresight to know that Matt Patricia was going to rub the entire locker room the wrong way his first year and a half, two years, whatever it was in Detroit. Maybe he should have known about the South Padre you know, accusations. Like those were, the, those were the two things in my eyes that as I look back on this regime that why Matt Patricia never had a chance. I mean, he, uh, you know, uh, I, I just, I don't, I, Certainly players in that locker room, there were very few of them that responded to Matt Patricia that bought into the program that he was selling right away. And that's why they, they cleaned house. And I think the way that he reacted to the stories about South Padre coming out, um, the anger that he had towards people in our business, towards maybe that rubbed off on how he treated people inside the, the building. I just don't think he had a chance to, you know, after that, that story came out and that was really the end of it in 2018. And these last couple of years, uh, the organization has just been spinning its tires. You know, the, the, the problem with Patricia and Quinn, I think, uh, number one, obviously they were not Bill Belichick, you know, and two, they were the only organization they'd ever worked for, uh, other than college teams. Um, and so when you kind of grow up in an incubator, and you leave that incubator, it's really hard to make that system work elsewhere. Um, you know, and that was the, like, I think you, you hit the nail on the head day where you said that, you know, he, Quinn may not have understood fully what Patric Patricia's methodology, how it would play out, you know, and that, that's another problem where, you know, I was talking to my wife about this kind of explaining the the way that the NFL works sometimes and, and pro sports for that matter. But I think in the NFL is a little bit more, 
a little different that way and the, the way it's built militaristically, but they all get in their bubbles of this is the way it works. This is our, our way of doing things. This is, you know, and they don't realize, and especially when they come to a place like Detroit, you know, cause Jim Caldwell was susceptible to this. They make assumptions about the lions and, and they, you know, they interview with the Fords who are nice people uh, you know, they've had, they've owned the franchise for a long time. It's an old franchise, but there hasn't been a lot of winning here. And every coach who arrives here, obviously arrives here on a high point, you know, they've been successful somewhere else. And so they get here and they think that they're the, you know, the answer to football and that people in Detroit are going to be happy to have them. And at first they are, it's the new thing, right? Caldwell, Schwartz, whatever, they're the new thing. And then when it starts not going well, they're shocked at how, mean the reporters are to them and how mean the fans are to them they think like well golly gee this isn't new york why are people so upset you know and they don't they have a bad idea or preconception of what detroit is and what the fandom is and how much they can control things um and i and i think that was the one of the biggest problems and i'd like to know the answer to this from bob quinn is you know you were already here for a couple of years you know you should have understood the lay of the land and talked to, to Matt and explained to him, like, listen, maybe you need to tone it back. You can't recreate New England because even though you were in New England and you had your Mike Vrabels and, you know, your Duran Harmons and your, your, uh, you know, Teddy Bruskies and these guys, it took a long time to get those guys. It took a long time for Bill Belichick to create those, get those kind of players and create that kind of culture it happens slowly over many, many years to think you're going to get somewhere and build that kind of team with those kind of people and be successful. That's a tall order, man. That's, that's eight to 10 years. Probably it's going to take you to do something like that. You know, you've got to, you've got to figure out a way to win quickly to keep your job and then change the culture slower that way. Um, and that's hard, you know, and he, he's a rookie head coach and, a lot of these guys are rookie head coaches, Marinelli and Schwartz. And, you know, it takes a long time. Um, and that's, that's the worrisome part is just, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's what did in Bob Quinn, you know, besides a mediocre draft record and the same reason Martin May, who had a mediocre draft record, you know, you don't hire GMs a second time because they were mediocre and had some misses and had some hit. You want stars. You want guys, I mean, guys like Thomas Dimitrov, I think guys like who had a lot of success had maybe a couple of bad drafts here and there, but mostly come, you know, put together a championship level roster, you know? Um, so I think that, I mean, at the end of the day, Bob Quinn's great idea was to hire Matt Patricia and try to redo the Patriots um, when that didn't work. You know, I'm glad that Sheila Ford did not consider, you know, Caldwell a mulligan and just like, all right, he wasn't really your hire. He decided to keep him. Could have fired him, would have been unpopular with, you know, Martha, but, uh, but that, you know, he, he could have made that decision faster. So um, it was the right move. I think it was definitely the right move to get, again, get rid of Bourne. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad I was going to ask you because I know you've been a, a staunch Patricia defender, but certainly you understand where the organization is right now and the, the losses on the field at the end of the day, um, you know, that counts for, everything right you know if, if you're to, to your point about having to to build the culture and take the time the reason why it worked in new england was because they won and they won huge and they had tom brady of course the the biggest superstar in football who 
who bought into that and, and, you know, could take some of that coaching, but they were winning. That was the biggest part of it. Right. And without those wins, none of that flies. And when you come into Detroit, you know, you, you can, I think you can instill your culture right away. I, I think you can do some of that, but you have to treat people the right way while you're doing that. And there were a lot of people in the locker room. There were people in the organization too, who just felt like they were mistreated on a personal level. And so in that regard, they didn't respond to Matt Patricia. And, um, you know, I, I, I really do, you know, this, this thing was doomed from the start for, for that reason. I mean, and then, you know, I think you spin it forward, like right now, like there's more buy-in in the locker room right now. There, there was, I mean, it seemed like there was, again, we're, we're, you know, from afar, you know, right now. So we're not in the locker room, but, but it seemed like with all the expatriates they had, um, you know, that, that most of the, the locker room was, um, you know, in line with Matt Patricia's thinking or okay with him at least. But, you know, when you get to this point and you lack some of the talent that you have on defense, you know, it's not, they couldn't do much on defense. And then offensively there's some talent, but Stafford hasn't played great this year. And, and they've been without Kenny Galladay and they were without Deandre Swift the last two games. So when you're missing some of those pieces and you have such a thin margin for error to begin with um, you know, it just, there's this, this felt inevitable, like from last year when they decided to bring them back. Yeah, I mean you're 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 right. You know the, the the only the only quibble I have about you know making this decision right now and and you know Patricia is the head coach, but just I think to me the offense has been a bigger problem because you've had more talent on that side of the ball and they've you know cost the team some games recently, including Thursday. You know, um, sorry, and, I'm drinking during this. The offense, long day working, so yeah, the stay hydrated, Dave. That's that's most your health is most important. Um, but yeah, the offense, I think, and it'll be interesting to see how, how much more scrutiny the offense gets now that Bevel's in charge, because I think it's always been the, the, there's always kind of this, this forgiveness of the offense that, Oh yeah, they turned over the ball, they, whatever. But then you look at the end of the day and it's like, they lost 41 to 25. Wow. That defense got steamrolled. Yeah. 13 points came directly off of offensive turnovers and screw up. So um, you know, that's going to be more on Bevel's plate now. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is a team that I think overall, I mean, even though they haven't had got Kenny Galladay for most of the season, I think this offense has been pretty healthy. Otherwise, actually, you know, you're talking about the offensive line has actually played pretty well you know, Two, you know, a week ago, we we're talking about two pro bowlers on the offensive line, you know, DeAndre Swift played pretty well. Uh, Adrian Peterson hasn't been horrible. That running back's been okay. Hawkinson's had a good year. Stafford hasn't been great, but you've had, I mean, you know, with Stafford and that's my thing I always get upset about with Stafford is that it's always like, well, if he doesn't have Kenny Galladay and Calvin Johnson, five all pros covering him and, uh, and then two all pro running backs behind him, there, there's just no way you can expect Stafford to do it all by himself. You know, plenty of guys, you know, Philip Walker did okay. You know, like you, you can learn how to make do sometimes, and especially if you're making the kind of money Stafford's making. You're coaching, right? Matt Rule. Yeah, Matt Rule. Exactly. That's that's a new coach. Go get Matt Rule. Trade Stafford for Matt Rule. Um, so, yeah, that, let me ask you one question. Um, do you go the opposite route? Do you go, you know, you had a defensive coach. Do you go opposite? Do you go offensive? Do you go with more Eric Bieniemy versus Robert Saleh? Well, I don't, I don't think Eric Bieniemy. I mean, I, I, I think the world of Eric Bieniemy. I, I think he, you know, he would be my number one choice, but I don't, 
if I'm Eric Bieniemy, the Lions would not be my number one choice, right? I'd rather work with Deshaun Watson, a 25-year-old quarterback, or the Jets, even as, as messed up as that, you know, situation is over there. Trevor Lawrence, you know, the, the number one pick of the draft. So I think the Lions would have a hard time luring him. You know, in fact, when you look at some of the, the uh, you know, uh, openings or, or potential openings, you know, across the league, Atlanta obviously is open. I think they would be similar to Detroit. The Arthur Blank is a, you know, he'd be a guy that I think a lot of people would like to work for. And you mentioned Martin Mayhew earlier. Little Birdie told me today, Martin Mayhew in Atlanta. Keep an eye on that for uh, for the next GM job. Um, just wanted to throw that in there. Just wanted to just wanted to mention that. Um, does does his bird? Do the birdies name rhyme with Martin Mayhew? Does it rhyme? With no, him? no, it's it did not. Absolutely did Martin not. Martin Mayhew's agent? No. Nope. Absolutely. I don't even think Martin has an agent, but. It, 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 <laughs> No yeah, one, his name's Dave Burkett. No one connected with Martin Mayhew in any way, shape, or form said, hey, you know what? You know who to watch out for in Atlanta? So I just want to throw that out there. Um, but like, to get back to your question here, uh, I, I don't know. The Lions will not be the, the, you know, the plum job on the market. Last time they were a pretty good job because Stafford was you know, still in his prime. He was a young quarterback. You know, it, no matter what people out there think, Lions ownership, the Ford family, you know, they have a, they're respected across the league because of the way they – typically have patience for their coaches, the way they don't meddle and they leave their football people to do their things. That's important to a lot of people. Um, but, you know, now you throw the Chargers, Herbert, you know, if, if that job opens up, you know, you get a, a potential star young quarterback and Justin Herbert. There's a lot of other jobs that may be more choice than the Lions. I think Robert Sala would work. Dearborn native, he would love to come here. Uh, you know, I, I think he's, he's an excellent candidate. I think to me what you're looking for, is you need a leader, you know, and, and you asked about Stafford and, and this was, it sort of spins into the, as we look forward here, right? Like what comes next for this organization? Do they stay with Stafford? Do they go with an offensive minded coach? Do they completely redo the power structure and, and, and try to, you know, hit a home run, bring someone in from college and give them some personnel power. I will say, you know, as, as much as Sheila, uh, you know, I, I got some feedback that, Oh, she doesn't know what she wants in her next coach and GM. Like, what is this? I appreciated the honesty of that. And I also appreciate the openness that we're willing to consider all these different stops because that's how the Pittsburgh Steelers landed Mike Tomlin, right? Somebody that was not on the radar at our at all, but they were open-minded enough to, all right, I'm going to interview this guy. And then when they heard him and they met him, they were like, wow, this guy really has it. He is a leader of men. So more than an offensive guy or a defensive guy, I think you need to be, someone who can command the locker room, someone who will be a leader above all else. And Carlos, I have to give you credit here. I don't give you credit very often. It's very rare that you deserve it. But um, I think I remember the 2018 coaching search where you said Mike Vrabel was your guy, if I remember right, right? Like Mike in, you know, I'm sure there's some video of us talking back then. Like he had limited experience compared to a lot of the other candidates, but he was considered that leader of men type. You know, he had that sort of it factor commanding presence. And we've seen what's happened in Tennessee. And I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, Don Shula and Bill Walsh or whatever and off to the Hall of Fame, but he's off to a nice start three years in. So I think more than zeroing in on an offensive guy or a defensive guy or a college coach or someone with previous head coaching experience, I think you need to cast a wide net. And I think you need to find that someone who exudes that leadership that can be that guy that commands the locker room and if he puts the right assistance in place, maybe it's Robert Sala and he brings a, the right offensive coordinator from San Francisco. Maybe then this organization can take that step forward that it needs. 
Yeah. Um, well, kudos to me, David, um, for first of all. But uh, second of all, I'm ever Max Scherzer. You know, we're talking about sausages made. I wrote a, you know, Lions hired Mike Rabel story because we thought he was the backup if the Lions missed out on. Uh, which Patricia that whole, you know, month, whatever you were on, you were on Grable duty. Yeah. So go to carlosmanars.com and I'll have Dave's story on there, my story on there, subscription only. Um, but, you know, the funny thing was, I'll be honest with you, like I talked to John Cooper, I talked to a lot of his, you know, his former coaches and, and friends and teammates at Ohio State and all that stuff. And um, the funny thing about Vrabel was it was kind of like, he was kind of like Patricia, one of these, like, People love him, you know. His players, his 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 uh, teammates love him. His players love him. He'll run through a brick wall for you, kind of guy. A lot of the same things that people said about Patricia, they said about Vrabel. Um, and in fact, Vrabel was even one of the guys in the linebacker room, um, if I remember the story correctly, that gave Patricia a bunch of crap. That when Patricia was a young, you know, um, linebackers coach, that Vrabel and Bruski and these guys tested him. You know, and that's where he learned how to talk to men. That's where he learned how to command, you know, a group of men and have them respect him and, and believe what he's teaching them, you know. Um, so if I'll be honest, I'll be perfectly honest, if I can be honest for a second, is the reason I really wanted Vrabel to get the job was because of his wife, Jen Vrabel. She was a volleyball player at Ohio State, but she is a fireball. She, like, like attacked people on Twitter and went after other coaches' wives and I just thought this is going to be really fun. Like Brable's fun. His wife's going to be fun. Like it'll be a fun. What we really root for is interesting people to cover. That's what we really care about. So I think the whole Brable clan, she hasn't been crazy at Tennessee. I think she's toned it down. Um, but it was, I thought it would be a fun time to, you know, I mean, I have to say Kelly Stafford's fun to cover, you know, so <laughs> that's what we want. But, uh, you know, here's, I did have a question about Sheila for you, Dave is she said that, you know, yes, she avail herself of all resources, including the league and putting together a candidate list and all that stuff and keep an open mind. And that's great. But someone brought up a point about Rod Wood and would it not be more, could, could they not hire a team president who's more football focused? Rod's a finance guy. He's a money guy. Even though he's been in the NFL for a while, it's football's not in his bones. He doesn't understand the game doesn't understand the people, the coaches, the culture, that's not in him, you know? Um, and that's what I worry about. I worry about Sheila and whose counsel does she take when it comes to football matters? Because she doesn't know football either. You know, you need somebody and not somebody that you've met on the competition committee or at an owner's meeting or Ernie your Corsi. like who is it who can really explain the ins and outs of how football culture works and why, why some players respond to coaches some way versus others, you know, like Rod Wood's not that person. He does not understand football in that way. Um, I'm worried about that. I, I, and I, I think she was a nice person. You know, I think she's open-minded. I think she'll, you know, hopefully she's a smart enough person to, to make this decision ultimately on her own when she gets a lot of feedback, but who does she listen to, you know? When Certainly she listens to Rod. There's no doubt about that. You know, I, I, to your point, you know, I do think, look, if you are, I mean, that's part of the whole, um, you know, evaluation uh, as a candidate, right? Like, do you want to go to work for Arthur Blank or do you want to come work for the Lions where Rod Wood is the president and has the 
owner's ear. And, you know, so I, I do, I think that that factors into it, right? Like, I don't know that you could lure a Matt rule here, you know, just to use one the hot coaching candidate from last hiring cycle for that reason, right? He went to a place where there was a brand new owner and he was the guy, right? He, he I mean, even though there is a GM in place and they're probably going to hire a new GM this, this off season, like he's the guy it's, I mean, he has the owner's ear. And so I, I think that's a fair point that, um, depending on how you want to structure your front office and your football operations, that could be a sticking point for some very good candidates, right? Like maybe, maybe there are people who would be worried about that. So you look across the league, right? John Gruden, you know, where he went, where he's the man in, in, in Las Vegas, I was about to say Oakland, right? Ron Rivera in Washington, like he's the guy, you know, now for, for Dan Snyder, right? They got rid of Bruce Allen. They weren't, they weren't going to get Ron Rivera. Bruce Allen was still there. So I, I think that's a, a very fair point that depending on how you want to structure your, your team, your football operations, that could be a, a, a hiccup, um, a sticking point. So look, I, I mean, none of us have, have done enough homework on the candidates to really know who we want or, you know, who the Lions should get. And certainly the Lions don't even know who they should get. So any guesses that we throw out here are just that, you know, it's just names, talking names. Carlos, I want to ask you if you have any names for either position. It doesn't have to be any anything specific or a pairing or anything. But, you know, I, I did. I, I threw up a list earlier, um, just some some prominent names uh, across the league and some guys who I think will be in the hiring cycle this year. Salah, you mentioned him. Uh, he's him and Biennemi were the top two on my my head coaching list. You know, I, I threw the Urban Meyer name out there. I don't know that that's realistic. That would be one that, you know, he would have to have a whole lot of power, I would think, to come to the NFL. Right. And especially the Lions. No, but he did say last year he was interested in the Cowboys job. Again, Cowboys up here, Lions down here. I realize that. But, you know, the fact that he would at least entertain the NFL, he's a Midwest guy. If I'm the Lions, I make a phone call. Um, you know, there's there's Matt Campbell from Iowa State, hot name, uh, defensive guy, I think, but but hot name. Um, you know, so I don't know. Do you have any any thoughts on the GM side? You know, Ed Dodds from Indy. Uh, he's got some ties to Robert Sala, by the way, uh, Borgonzi from Kansas city. I think there are some good names out there for either of those positions. Do you have a name that just jumps off the, the screen to you as someone that the Lions should immediately call? I think that, uh, urban Meyer GM, Jim Harbaugh coach. Really, you really said you'd like to cover these things. So yeah. <laughs> um, I can't wait, by the way. I don't know if it probably wouldn't have happened today after a loss for Michigan, but on Monday, someone will inevitably ask the whole Lions, are, the, are you interested in the Lions? You know, like, um, no, not 100,000 clicks. Right? They'd be, if, if people were mad at Matt Patricia, they were going to burn down Allen Park in total if, if Jim Harbaugh even steps foot within city limits. Um, now, you know, the one guy that, the the guy that I would take a look at is Thomas Dimitrov. I think that I think he's done good things. I'm not sure why it fell apart in Atlanta, what the problems were. I haven't looked deeply enough into that, but I think he's always been a really smart guy. Um, you know, uh, Lion Scout. Yeah, and he seems to have, he seems to have drafted well. He seems to know what he's doing. They have had a plan. Um, sometimes, you know personnel departments, teams, they run their course, you know, and it's time to go somewhere else. Um, but I've always liked, I think, what the what the Falcons have done. Um, uh, I think Dan Quinn's going to get another look, obviously, you know, that he's going to be in the in the coaching carousel. Um, you know, 
I don't know enough about Eric Bien. Ironically, I went to high school really near Eric Bienemy, and um, he think he was a little younger than I was. But um, yeah, I don't know how good of a talker he is, how much of a of a communicator, and a you know, I, I want someone. I want someone like a like a Mike Zimmer, you know, somebody who really coalesces the team and, and brings them together. And you want to play, I mean, like Jim Caldwell, I have to admit, he was kind of like that. He was, the players loved him. You know, he was respectful. He said, I'll never lie to you. Players love him a lot more than players love Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer can be a hard ass. I hope we can say that. Yeah, but he's pretty, he's pretty honest. He's pretty, he's pretty strong. honest with us. Yeah. I mean, he, not, everybody's not going to love the head coach or their boss, no matter what. Right. But Zimmer, I think, tells it like it is. He doesn't. He doesn't lie to people. He doesn't try to tell them what's untrue to get them to play. You know, he's like upfront about it. And if you don't can't handle the truth sometimes, or their version of the truth, you know, it's time to. It's, it doesn't always work, right? Um, you know. But um, you know, I think that who was it? Was it a uh, Robert Griffin who wanted to end his life or something a few weeks ago? <laughs> like he was so mad. <laughs> but he loved. He loved Zimmer. He. That's that's a good point. Is as much as as much as you know, it hurt him that Zimmer called him a good player. Everson Griffin, yeah, he said I loved Zimmer. He was a great coach, you know. So um, I want someone like that. And and the more I thought about this, Dave, is man, there's just no answer. This is so it's so hard in any sport, but especially I think football. You know, sometimes it works in one place. Sometimes I mean, look at Pete Carroll. It didn't really work in New England the first time he was there, and now he's going to be a hall of fame coach in Seattle, you know, and he did obviously great at USC. Um, it, it, it's hard to judge, you know, whether it's a, a guy who had former coaching experience, yeah. whether he came from college, whether he's going to have, you're going to give him the chip Kelly, you know, keys to the kingdom. Why it didn't work for chip Kelly, right. You know, it's working for Matt rule, at least a little bit now. Um, you know, uh, you know, and I think, I think it was interesting with, you know, the Matt rule was willing, they were willing to move on from Cam Newton. Right that he was kind of their Stafford in Carolina and he was willing to say, no, we, we got to look for, we had to go somewhere else here, you know? Um, and that's, that's one thing I hope is that, you know, I, the one thing I respected about Patricia was whether you, it didn't work or whatever, but he wanted to do it his way. You know, it was the Patriots way, but it's like, we're going to have this plan, this focus in, and don't forget not so long ago, Rod Marilyn Marinelli didn't have a focus. I mean, Rod Marinelli barely knew what the offense was doing. So he had no plan, no executive, you know, um, uh, viewpoint of the whole team. You know, um, he just was like, we're going to be tough and pound the rock and have good pad level. That was his whole keys to the way the teams were going to win. But, you know, Schwartz had a little bit more of a holistic plan. You know, Caldwell did too. Um, and Patricia did too. So somebody who has a vision you know, good vision. Um, and because of Patricia, sometimes when you, when you get hired, you have to realize the immediate history. And so you cannot be Matt Patricia again. You cannot be tough on the players. You can't be making them run laps. You can't be having run up and down a hill and, and calling them out in team meetings. You know, you kind of got to go the other way this time. So can you be a leader, but can you coalesce the team? Can you, can you build that, um, cohesion you know and 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 whatever team spirit i guess that's a good place to leave it we'll uh, we'll leave it there i you know i just want to mention because you uh you uh you did you know bring up dimitrov and i i think there are going to be because there's going to be seven or eight gm openings and seven or eight 
head coach openings this offseason. There are going to be some recycled names, you know, for lack of a better term, I guess they get jobs. Rick Smith is a guy that I think wants back in, former Houston Texans GM. I mean, if the Lions do want to go the experienced GM route, there are several GMs, former GMs out there who um, will get looks this, this hiring cycle. Rick Smith, maybe a Ray Farmer, uh, Dimitrov. I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys. Kevin Colbert, if he were to leave the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's on a one-year deal, you know, last year of his deal. Another former Lions scout, you'd have to jump at that. I don't think that's going to happen given Pittsburgh's success. But, hey, just, just you know, there, there are a lot of names out there, I guess, of um, experienced hands. And, Carlos, the last thing I want to say is, because I'm going to write a little bit about Stafford tomorrow, um, you know, in, in that whole situation, the, the you know, decision, I guess, that awaits uh, the Lions there is I, and the one I tried to get back into the, the zoom with, with Sheila today um, to ask this was just the, the appetite ownership has for a complete rebuild, you know, because I think that's, you know, if you have an experienced GM or an experienced coach, maybe they don't want to go through that as much. I, I don't know. I, it's just, my sense has been that ownership has been a little reluctant on that regard too, that maybe they want that experienced coach because they feel like they can win now or that, that will help them win quicker. And maybe it is given the state of where this franchise is at, you know, defensively and some of the other decisions that are pending Kenny Galladay, who incidentally liked the tweet uh, from the NFL about Matt Patricia getting fired. Um, just a little note there that maybe he's more apt to sign with the lines now. Um, but with all those decisions pending uh, you know, it's, Look, the, the new whoever takes over at both spots will have a lot of work in front of them, I think, to get this this organization to where everyone wants it to be. And, uh, you know, in that regard, uh, we're going to have an interesting six weeks or whatever it is ahead as we wait to, to find out who the Lions hire at both the general manager and head coaching positions. So did you talk about um, I, am, I was going to wrap it up. Go, go, go. I just did she talk about how much talent the team had? I forget if she mentioned. Oh, she said, you know, that they were better than the record, essentially. I mean, not, those okay. moves, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think, um, you know, that's certainly just because that would just, that would just lead me to think if she thinks the team already has talent, then we don't want to tear it all down, even though they're all map. Yeah. Well, she did say, you know, two weeks ago, we thought we were going to the playoffs. I, maybe they were the only ones. Cause we certainly didn't think they were going to the playoffs two weeks ago, but um you know, look, I, I do. I, I wonder what ownership's appetite for a complete rebuild is. And, um, you know, if you get rid of Stafford, and I don't think you necessarily have to get rid of Stafford. I think maybe you have to plan to get rid of him. You know what I mean? Like maybe you do have to draft a quarterback with your number 10 pick in the draft or something like that. And it's a tough road to go if you're going to get rid of him and then you're going to roll with, a, you know, even a Teddy Bridgewater, but a Nick Foles or whoever's out there. Like that is a tough road to try to win in the NFL. You need to have a plan in place at quarterback. So we'll see. It's important for whoever comes in to answer that question right off the bat, uh, internally at least, what they're going to do with Stafford, what they're going to do at the quarterback position, not just in 2021, but going forward. All right, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. Had a long, uh, long discussion today about uh, everything that went on. Busy news day in Detroit. Again, Matt Patricia, Bob Quinn fired. Uh, coaching and general manager searches ongoing. Uh, don't know exactly what they're looking for. They, they haven't specified that yet, but uh, they say it will be a thorough search and we'll hold them to that. So we'll find out soon enough, Carlos. Uh, Lions have five games left and we'll see if Daryl Bevel can write this ship.